What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman, and welcome to Mind Over Magic. So much to catch up on. It's been a long week, and I've been seeing you on the internet. You're wearing like a tailored suit these days. Yeah, I mean, I have been for a while. <laughs> I don't know. The maroon suit, I haven't seen in other photos. I feel like it's a new one. Uh, yeah, different. I have a bunch of different custom tailored suits for my corporate and higher end and fancier dress up shows. I got a, I got a dark purple. I got a maroonish red. I got a blue suit. I got a. You gray were looking suit. sharp. That's all I'm trying to say. Right? We don't need to know the whole wardrobe. I just want you to know you were looking sharp. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening with you, Matt? You had a uh, another TV spot air that we yes. teased last time. Yeah, but yeah, before we get two. to that, I forgot we have corrections. We should probably do corrections on a top here. Well, all right, I'll let you do the first one, but I, I the second one is from me, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think so. <laughs> well, the first one we were talking because I just didn't even know, and you you put two together just hearing Marvin's magic. We were talking to the Marv- Marvin's Mechanical Marvels uh, Museum in Detroit. Uh, I'm sure I have those words backwards somehow. <laughs> There's too many too m too many m's in that phrase. But uh, you were like, "Is that related to Marvin's magic?" And I looked into it, and I should have known in the moment last week, but I was a little foggy. But Marvin's Magic is a famous brand based out of the UK. Oh, okay. Because it's run by Marvin Burgless. Oh, okay. I didn't know. The son of famous David Burgless. So I just wanted to put that out there. There is a correction. They are not related. (laughs) Oh, got it. Yeah. Got it. You want to do the other one? The second one? Well, yeah. Credit to you, man, because I would have just let this slide. I wouldn't have brought this up. Well, I think uh, it's interesting. And I wanted to know the question. Like, I brought it up last week for the Grammys. We were talking about BTS. Uh, it, with that little meme that went viral of him whispering Olivia Rodrigo's ear and then just throws a card. And I didn't see the technique, and it was just like, I was like, I wonder if this is a new technique. How is he throwing the card? So I sent you the GIF finally. <laughs> right. And you looked at it. Uh, yeah, and then I replied back, that's the standard technique that you said he wasn't doing. Well, I didn't know. I did just right. seemed so casual and... Uh, mm-hmm. I, no, I, would, I understood why. The angle it was shot mm-hmm. at, it looked like he was holding the card a certain way, but his thumb wasn't really yeah. involved. He had it clipped between the index finger and middle and gave it the standard huck, if you yeah. will. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of the technique, though? He just They, they must have practiced that. I Yeah, I imagine he had some experience with that technique, you know, since he was a kid. It didn't look like he learned it for that day. Yeah. I was more paying attention to the thumb and where the thumb was placed, and it looked really weird. But I didn't mm. see. Yeah, he was clipping it between his index and middle fingers, and just yeah, the thumb it. was inactive. Yeah, it so. was there, but it was just it wasn't doing anything. Celebrities doing card throwing, and uh, yeah, eventually you'll have to see that whole their whole performance because there's more card throwing in it too. Oh, really? By the other guys or him? Yeah, or? they all like just throw cards in their dancing, like it, the same style. Uh, just like up in the air. It's so fast you can't even tell. It's almost oh, they're like just kind of like throwing them up like confetti yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I will check that out. And and she performs with them too, or she just no? Was... She was just in the audience for some reason, gotcha. and they made her part of the bit to okay. start their performance. Yeah. So cool, anyway, cool. that's uh, that was our corrections department. Yeah, good for you. I would have let that slide and just figured no one would ever know. Fair. 
<laughs> you know me, attention to detail. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like attention to detail. So you were on television again. Back yeah, to episode back two. episodes of First Look, if you're searching for it on you know Peacock or wherever, Hulu. Uh, celebrity Sleepover with Johnny Bananas. And yeah. who is your football friend? Austin Eckler. Yes, that's who we were mentioning from our story. If you go back several episodes ago where he came to your show just by happenstance, and then you're like, we're on a TV show together. That was like part of the magic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really was. The weird coincidences. Mm -hmm, tell us about mm -hmm. that experience. You want to walk us through the bit you did? No, um, or no? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. You know what? I, I, I liked it. I, I thought it... Um, I, I saw the bit. I thought it came out quite nice because I, I walked away. I actually filmed that one first. Oh, there you go. So this was episode two, but we actually filmed it in reverse order. So this was the first thing I filmed. And then we, we filmed episode one later that day, which is interesting in the dialogue because then like when he introduces the segment, he has to say like, Matt, you were great last time or whatever. Like mm -hmm. something to the effect of we've already been through this when really it was actually my first interaction with Johnny Bananas. There you go. The magic sort of, of television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I actually really liked how it came out. I walked away thinking that the first one would have looked better, but for television purposes, the second one with the football was um, looked really fun to me on camera because there's there's props, there's throwing cards in the air, a la BTS. Um, there's a football, there's a knife. Um, I had a card that he picked up here in the football. So like cutting it open is violent and fun. I always like destroying things yeah. with knives. It's a fun That's a theme, theme of yours, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I gotta say, it took me a while to figure out what that thing on the table was that turned out to be a football. Cause it didn't look like a standard football it had this weird right. design on it. I was like, that is a weird table ornament <laughs> for the right. longest time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, it is a standard football, but it's like not not brown. It's like right. one that you get from like, uh, you know, when you're playing horsing around as kids, you buy a football. Yeah. That it was has, colorful. It was like almost tie dye. Yeah. Like a tie dye weird pattern to it. Yeah. 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 You know, what's funny is because I got a couple of them to like practice and stuff mm -hmm. and they actually are not all the same. Oh, okay. They're like the yeah. paint design is different gotcha. on each one. And now you have all these extra footballs to toss around in the backyard. No, I wish I had extras. I used them all. <laughs> You know, I'm performing at the NFL draft. Oh, you are? Week. Yeah. That's yeah, a scoop. It's like, That's a big deal. Yeah, it's it'll be cool. It's good. It's all it's every this whole draft thing, everything's like there are road closures in Vegas already. It's like weeks away still. I'm aware because um, I'm gonna be in week in Vegas that weekend and flights to Vegas were impossible, which is why I'm yeah. going to like LA first and then going to Vegas mm. and uh, where I was going to drive and then I ended up getting a cheap, really cheap flight. So anyway, good for you. That That's all logistics of travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember if you what day you get in, if it's like during the draft or what or like after it. I think it's like the main draft, I think, is on a Thursday and they usually have like an opening performance, which is what I'm doing. Nice. Um, but it's, I think it's it's like live streamed, I think, and, and for the live audience. But I don't believe it's televised, you know, gotcha. but they do usually have like a band. I think Kings of Leon did it last year. Nice. Um, and anyway, they wanted magic this time. So I wish I still had some of those footballs. I could have incorporated those into right. the act, but I don't believe I will be doing that. Gotcha. Now, <laughs> is there a world where, you know, the team see you perform and they're like, man, we could really use those skills on the field and then you get drafted? You know what I just realized? 
<laughs> You're not even gonna acknowledge that. No, ludicrous. you. D- I just realized something. I I'm not sure this is public information. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, I don't know that I'm supposed to even talk about that yet. There we go. Well, this is the scoop. Okay. Everyone yeah. listening, just, just <laughs> be cool. Be cool. <laughs> so anyway, you thought I was going to get drafted to one of the teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on your performance. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I just ruined all those chances. Now I'm probably not even allowed at the draft now that I just <laughs> spilled a whole can of worms everywhere. I got to clean this up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Okay, yeah, I think it'll be You good. heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's only... It's only uh, you're, this is going to come out tomorrow, uh, two weeks away. Yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anyone explicitly saying I couldn't talk about it. So well, there you go. I'm going to go with that. If I get a note from your your people <laughs> telling me to edit it out, I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know me. I vote for keeping everything in. Absolutely. That's so. true. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah the, show, the show was a lot of fun. Um, and here, there you have it. I've been... Uh, I've been I did another event yesterday as well, a 9 a.m. magic show. Those are always tough, the early morning. You know, like I am such a night owl, it's hard for me to get into the right headspace to perform that early, even wake up that early sometimes. I, I purposely got up around 5.30, 5.45, went for a run, meditated, and then went to go do the show because That's otherwise I, I would still be in that morning fog. Mm-hmm. Um also, this is an interesting thing because it was like a corporate type thing. It was live streamed as well, kind of like we were talking about with the hybrid shows and everything like that. Yeah, I had a I had a fun opening line that came to me on the spot. Oh. I kind of walked out and said, "What's up, Las Vegas?" or whatever, something to that effect. And and I felt the energy in the room, which was cool. I was like, "Oh, okay, mm-hmm. for nine a.m., these people are ready to go." Right. But I did like a, "Oh, come on, you could do better than that." For whatever reason, that's just what came out. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, and the raises up a little louder you know the cheer and then i go now just the people on the live stream oh funny yeah yeah. yeah. and i was like wow where did that come from and why did i have the guts to open with it did everyone <laughs> but laugh? it worked yeah that's great <laughs> yeah yeah so that was kind of fun but like i'm don't recall if i've done a lot of events where like we've allowed a live stream to happen simultaneously like that right um so anyway, so that might be like a new thing because there were more people watching the live stream. I think there was like a few thousand people in the audience, but another like 7,000 watching remotely. Nice. So you actually had a bigger audience online. Right, yeah. Kind of weird. And I feel like the best analog for that is you're still playing for the people in the room mostly, I assume. Yes, and yeah. it's very much similar to like the TV spots, especially like AGT where you're playing for that audience and then you realize it's being broadcast and people are going to watch it. Well, well, that's the interesting too. thing. It's the opposite, right? Because like in a situation like this, I really am only focusing on the live audience. But like mm-hmm. in a TV studio and there is a live audience, I'm really only focusing on the cameras. Oh, right, right, right. Because you know that's going to be the more watched and the thing that lives on forever. Yeah. So in terms of approach, it's weird. It's backwards. I think I did the opposite, though. I still knew I was being filmed when I was in AGT, but I played it for the judges, really. I just focused more on them. True. And trusted that it would play with the camera because I wanted that reaction. Again, you want the reaction from the audience to um, convey what you want it to convey and almost the people watching via live screen stream or broadcast to live vicariously through the people that are there live and based off of their reaction. Yes. 
Yes. I, you know, it's funny though, cause I, I, I do treat hosts, at least in my subconscious, like sort of, I don't know if it's subconscious, I guess it's conscious in my awareness. I, I do perform differently and allow different reaction times for television hosts than I do regular audience members mm. because they are aware that their reactions, they're right. playing their reactions for camera. Even if they're genuine reactions, they are professional to the point where they remember to make sure they're facing the right way when mm-hmm. they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I bring up people on stage in Vegas, that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. Right, for example, so yeah, it's interesting. It's a, it, There are a lot of little nuances that you're hitting on there. Yeah, I think both approaches, having both in the back of your mind are important, but that's that's kind of what I meant is like I was playing for the judges and the judges were going to react and that the audience is going to react based off of their reaction, right? I think that's a safe approach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the further you dive into it, the further it becomes nuanced and there's now, a lot to unpack there, actually. Now, when you were, again, you had a piece where you went straight to the camera on AGT and had something right. where everyone could do it at home. And I, I had one, too, uh, that it was just like to get everyone watching at home. Do you think if you're going to do more of these corporates and the, the hybrid with a live stream, including some of those pieces just for the people at the live stream to participate as well, to kind of focus that in and have that balance, that mix? Yeah, I, I, that's a great idea. I don't know that it needs to be like exclusively for the live stream. I think right. it should obviously all be connected in some way yeah. and have like, it's great if it's all cohesive and like has an important role to what actually happens live. Yeah, well, I'm not but, saying like ignore the audience at home and be like, just the live stream people now because that would be boring for everyone That's watching. what I heard. <laughs> but something <laughs> that the people in the live stream or the broadcast can do as well so they feel like there's a magical moment happening in their own room, which is easier to do when it's just a Zoom show or whatever because it's designed that way to have a magical moment from a distance on the other side of the screen. But it's tougher to do, I think, when you are having a live audience. You're mostly playing to the live crowd. You can kind of forget about those live stream people like we're saying. Have you messed around with that at all? I like the idea a lot. Um, I haven't necessarily because I haven't been in many of those situations with the hybrid shows yet. Uh, where it's live streamed while I'm like on stage or anything. But uh, there are a couple pieces that I've curated that are in the back of my mind that I could adapt and do for uh, a, a large audience, you know? Yeah. Um, Even just a lot of like these things where I'm thinking of a different shape like I did on America's Got Talent. You know, that's easy to incorporate because the audience there can get involved, but then other people watching can get involved as well. Right. I had a funny thing happen last night um, where I was performing some a finale in my show and the screen, the automated screen that's above me mm-hmm. just was flown out. We had a technical issue where oh. it just disappeared. It just, it just flo- f- flew right out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the music was a little loud. So I said, um, well, I acknowledged that the screen disappeared so I couldn't do like the ending that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, and the music was a little loud. So I said, can you turn the music? Can you bring the music down a little? And more importantly, can we bring that screen back down? (laughs) Which we were able to do and finish the show, but it made for a really funny moment. Um, But like, I guess that wouldn't, I'm trying to think of like what that would have been like if someone were watching the live feed at home 
it wouldn't work because <laughs> they wouldn't even know what was happening, right? Because yeah. their live feed would have been the screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of how these live events, like, right. there, are, there are hurdles to jump in making them work for the home audience and the live audience to the same impact. Like most, like if you go to the Grammys or whatever, which I, I didn't go to the Grammys. I'm just like, I've heard right. people that have, or even the Super Bowl, frankly, mm-hmm. um, where it's like better on TV. It's, it's all for TV. Well, you even have a line in your show and it's based off of being in an audience at a sporting event or even like a concert or whatever, where you're, you're right at the front row and you see people just watching the screen the whole time. So, right. So you so call it out. You call it out. You're like, I'm right here in front of you. You can watch right. here. But it, people are drawn to those screens, I think. And uh, yeah, that's fascinating. At some point, you have to choose which one you're playing to. And like with, <laughs> the, with no, but with the yeah. Grammys. I think they've made their choice. I think it's it's played for television, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like I've heard, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. People like you know, there's a lot of commercial breaks of waiting around, people milling around, and you know, it's like a lot of stand up, sit down, clap, like being in a studio audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, and I think it all depends on the vibe of the the event. Like again, the corporate event sounds like you know they were really targeting the the live stream people to have that as an option but you could tell most of the event from the little photos you posted that it's mostly for the live people the people in the live audience because of the massive screens and the production that went into the the event that was actually happening there in the space rather than the virtual realm. right yeah yeah no i agree 100% it seemed like the the live stream was um not an afterthought, but like, we'll do this for those who can't be here. Right, right. But right, then right. what do you do when those who can't be there ends up, you know, doubling the attendees? <laughs> yeah, there you it's go. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, we're, it's a new world we're living in, man. It and just trying to navigate it as entertainers. I it's know, a weird thing. I know, I know. Yeah, that's so, great. I'd be, I'd be interested to hear if any of our performer listeners like have experiences with this now as they kind of navigate through these waters yeah or how just how common it is if it's going to be more, less common more common i don't know i mean you're doing it on college campuses where they're live streaming it yeah yeah it's uh, rare uh, i mean that was bigger in the pandemic when people couldn't come out of their you know apartments or dorms well or- let me ask you this are you comfortable with that are you are you comfortable with that 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 content that video might live on whereas like normally in magic because of the nature of magic, it's usually filming is sort of uh, generally, I would say it's, a, it's certainly in Vegas, a rule like no recording. Well, like I'll, a lot of live theater, actually, but magic in particular. I'll tell you what is uh, I've, I've seen more, more and more these days, people just in the audience with their phone recording. Like trying to sneakily yes. do that. So it's like sneakily, I'm not, right. I'm not worried about like a live stream living on because people are filming and maybe putting that up and it's like i don't know where those end up or if it's just for personal use i haven't come across any of <laughs> kevin them james is a great bit about like yeah, yeah it's like someone taking pictures of him at the airport and he's like when are you gonna look at those <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> although like, she was videoing him that's what it was <laughs> like just at the airport and he's like when are you ever gonna watch that yeah it's like filming fireworks it's like when are you gonna go back <laughs> yeah. and watch a fireworks display uh but right. the the i this actually happened so i this past week i was on the road doing a bunch of shows in Alabama and Connecticut, Massachusetts. Um, and and there, I actually, I, I don't think I normally do this, but I actually happened to catch someone just 
blatantly filming on their phone like the beginning of my show. So I'm Don't doing you the, feel helpless? I'm doing the opening. So I, I wanted to address it because it was so obvious. It was a like a it was a smaller crowd, but you know, a fun crowd as well. And I just kinda went, I go, Oh, are you are you filming right now? I was like, Do you mind? Just more for your sake, I don't want your battery to die, is what I said, <laughs> which was a funny way to be like, I'm calling this out, and maybe you should put your phone down and just enjoy it at the moment. Uh, but I wanted to be like, I'm concerned for you, rather than like me being the, the jerk, being like, don't film, and having that tone. And, uh, Do and you have an well. announcement or anything in your introduction about filming, or is it just sort of understood that you don't like? How do you handle that, at all, uh, if, if at all? It depends. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes um, like the intro person will add it in anyway on mm-hmm. their own. But normally, I just hand them my intro card that's you know as is with just all my accolades and raising up the hype and stuff like that but I. But could, you're not hypersensitive to it no i could throw it in me. there or be like turn off your phones but it's also tough because i do a bit with phones in my show so yeah. i was like then i pull have people pulled out their phones and then it's like do i then go all right put ever put it all away again you know right um, right that that was also the interesting thing that happened. Um, that bit I'm talking about specifically, which if you've seen on my Instagram, uh, or yeah, especially Instagram, is uh, uh, my selfie effect that I do mm-hmm. that I did on Live with Kelly and Ryan that I've adapted. Uh, where basically, it's a bit where I call out palm readers and tarot card readers and psychics and all these methods that they have are kind of I just call them BS. <laughs> in front of an audience Mm -hmm. which is a great i I think it's a fun bit for me to do but at one of my shows i was paired in in another room right before my event where palm readers and tarot card readers (laughs) so no (laughs) i was like maybe i shouldn't do the line or be as harsh as i normally am especially since i knew them (laughs) Oh no. <laughs> and they're friends. But I think they also get it. They're not like shut eyes that believe in their own like power. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, they were friends of mine in Connecticut. And I just kind of was like, I'm going to do the line, but I'll, I'll soften it a tad just because I am friends with them. But right, normally, right. Normally I'm just like, nope, this is all BS. And uh, right. I think I changed the line to it. It's fun to think about if you keep it on the surface level, but if you go too far, it gets a little dangerous <laughs> if you're right. putting all your belief right. in it. Because I think, you know, people, uh, especially at that, you know, young, formidable college age who have never been told that this isn't, you know, real psychic powers might buy into it. And you hear it's all so those... alluring to buy into, honestly. Yeah. And you hear all these horror stories. I mean, the, the famous New York Times article that came out a few years ago where just a guy was giving millions and millions of dollars to someone who was frauding, defrauding him. And uh, I don't know, just believe that he had contact with someone who had passed. And I don't mm-hmm. know. It's it's all it's all icky to me so i like to have that piece of my show just as like uh hey don't 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 buy into that stuff yeah sure but do no, it in a fun a... and cheeky way that yeah it's my style well it makes sense that you almost have to if you're doing a show that's an hour long as a mind reader you kind of want to be clear on your stance i would think yeah there's a big debate uh in the community between having a disclaimer and not having a disclaimer and those who walk a little closer to the line 
of playing it real argue that you don't go to a show where actors say, by the way, this isn't real. But I think it's understood in that context, you're seeing a play and people are familiar with plays and the actors are playing a part, but people aren't as familiar seeing a mind reader and they want to believe. Uh, their other argument is who wants to see a fake mind reader? You know, they want people to be, you know, play the role so real that people believe and it's not their their justification to, uh, you know, change anyone's mind at the beginning of the show. But I'm like, no, we can still be entertaining and have be relatively honest about what we do and not play into people's presumptions who are maybe willing to follow this kind of stuff and maybe get taken advantage of, you know, down the line because they're buying into a belief system that could be harmful to them. Yeah, I have a pretty solid stance on that. Yeah, well, it's it's different from the magic side of things too, because you're a little distance from the the true pure mentalism that spectrum of mentalism to mental magic, you know, on two ends of the. There's side. much more believability with mentalism because it's more conceivable that it could be real. Exactly, and that's why um, some people get into mentalism, and you see it from reactions too of just it's like there's no way you would know those personal details about me. But what's your hard stance? I think I know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have to rely on people thinking it's real for people to find you entertaining, I mean, try to try to do better. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. have to, that shouldn't have to be a crutch, you know? Yeah, I think so too. And I think, you know, it gets dicey when people are kind of mixing their readings in as a separate business than, you know, their stage show or whatever. And mm. I don't know, <laughs> but I like that. I like that. Cause I see that even with magic where if you use the parallel, um, like some people just rely on the effect itself in magic and don't add any presentation to it. And the effect of magic is powerful and people mm -hmm. just rely on that only and think mm -hmm. that's going to let them coast by as a performer. But you can't like, do a show that's one note, yes. right? So you can do a great magic trick, fine, awesome. But then when you do the next one, it can't be the same note. It can't just be, wow, how did you do that again? And then the next one, wow, how did you do that? There needs to be big moments, little moments, highs, mm -hmm. lows. Maybe I'm stating the obvious here, but it doesn't always seem that way. It doesn't always seem so obvious. Right. No, I agree completely. And I think a big one for me is why I want to see a performer, a specific performer, and what makes a performer unique from another performer, because that's the other thing I hate is just, you know, magicians being lumped together. Like, let's just get a magician. Let's just get a mind reader. No, I want you. I want to see Matt Franco's version versus, you know, some other magician, because I think personality is so important. And to add some element of yourself to it, rather than just, I'm going to show you this, you're going to be wowed. Now I'm going to show you this. You're going to be wowed. Right, right. Because I was like, who are you? Why are you doing this? Why are you Why are you choosing that effect that you want to do to show me? That tells me something about you. But also, how do I get to know about Matt Franco or whoever the performer right. is? And I think that's so key. And I think that's why my personality, you know, especially in that piece where I'm, I'm telling people about, you know, different psychic systems why you know my personality comes through and why i do what i do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. you ever find that your your personality outshines the effect and is that a problem like is that a bad thing assuming the effect is strong but still is somehow they just thought you were so funny or this or that is that 
Is that good? Is that bad? What do you think? No, as long as they're entertained and having a good time, I think I agree with having you. your personality is fine if yeah. it overshadows an effect. But then you got to think about like what is more important for you as a performer, you know? Or, want... or is that a good thing? You know, is that is that just good branding? I don't know the answer. Yeah, I I think it's uh, I think it can be good, but it's also. I want to be up on stage, and if I can be Mr. Personality and entertain a crowd without doing a single mind-reading effect, like, that's fine by me, too. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think I answered my own question earlier. It's great, but yeah. not for every note. Mm -hmm. It can't mm -hmm. be a one-note thing. Right. So, yeah, it's okay if it outshines it here, but then when you get to that next thing, maybe it's something else that sort of takes the center stage, right? Yeah, having variety throughout the show and high moments and low moments, and yeah, mm -hmm. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, I did some other shows this week uh, as well. I was at Speakeasy Magic, which I love doing. Um, I added a new piece back into the to my set there, which I hadn't done in a while, where I basically predict a city that someone's thinking of. And I don't know if it was just that crowd and they were a little loose and uh, having a few libations, but uh, it ended up I was crushing at these tables like it was awesome do maybe it was just because i added the news piece in and i felt fresh and i was having more fun but also maybe it was just the audience there but there ended up being at one point a diddleman chant from a table <laughs> after i was oh done. that's great in yeah, the see i would of, say your personality outshined the effect yeah and, and uh, <laughs> i guess yeah and it was it's kind of funny when there's 14 other tables and you know 14 other magicians there and then one table is just going diddleman diddleman <laughs> which is which looked great in front of the you know the owner of the 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 McKittrick hotel who was like they're loving you tonight you know? right that was fun and even like one of my buddies got up from his table and interrupted his set and like joined in the chant which was very oh. funny so well I was going to ask if any other performers came over and were like, can you guys keep it down or, yeah. <laughs> or what they did? I mean, but those, yeah, if you can't beat them, join them. I love those little bits of interaction in that show when you can like kind of, because each table is its own little zone. But then mm -hmm. as soon as some other performer interacts with another performer for whatever reason, whether it's a, the fireball we've talked about in past episodes that we had that lovely meme that uh, Mitsula showed us on our a Twitter account uh, of you looking at the fireball. Like, All uh, right. if that happens in a show and I point it out, like, you're crossing into that boundary of another performer. And it just makes it unique. And every experience is unique. And that's why people are going to that show is it's so fresh and fun. And you never know who you're going to see and how the acts are going to interact with each other. So... Yeah, I like the idea of like sitting at a table watching a performer, but there's like other things happening in the room. I'm zoned in on what's going on, but there's just an energy in the air because yeah. there's magic happening exactly. across the whole way, exactly. literally. Exactly. It's cool. And then uh, we did the City Winery show that we've been plugging here, and that was a lot of fun. I think that's going to continue on. It's a brand new venture and uh, a gorgeous venue. I mean, you get there early, you could have your whole fancy meal before a show, and then it's just, it felt I felt at home because it, the stage was set up almost in a, like a comedy club style. So after uh, a few performers, you know, they did their thing. We had uh, amazing acts on that show. And then I just came in and just like, again, the audience was a little rowdy. Maybe I, I did my line. I go, oh, it's, it's like, oh, you guys drinking? Do they have a uh, wine here at the city winery? 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was some definitely some fun crowd. But I really got to do my crowd work uh, and just kind of that back and forth. I love doing that improv and uh, you know, kind of uh, you know, gaining control of the situation and having a lot of fun. And and a lot of performers were like, we could tell you got experience from comedy clubs, <laughs> which mm-hmm, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. It was nice. So I'll probably be doing that show down the line at some point. So uh, keep an eye out, and uh, I'll uh, I'll tell you all about that when those happen. So is that where you busted out the maroon suit that I saw? That was. I was. That like, did uh, look like a nice venue. Yeah, and it was a. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, wine. You know, my suit kind of matches red wine mm-hmm. a little bit. That was the. That was a good choice. It. Yeah. Yeah. How long of a set did you do there? Uh, about 25, uh, probably a little longer just with the improvising with the audience. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, everyone was kind of doing 25 sets with an MC. So, uh, 25 sets? 25 minute sets. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I missed a keyword there. <laughs> yeah, it's a long show. 25 <laughs> sets. <laughs> awesome, man. Let's dive into the, uh, the what, what, trivia wanna... and riddles because I got one that I'm real excited about. Oh, uh, okay. You're, you're chomping at the bit, but let's do riddles first. So here it is. Diddle me this, Matt. Diddle me this. Diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. Okay. Here is your riddle. I am a bird. I am a fruit. I am a person. What am I? I was going to say Robin, because Robin could be a person or a bird, but the not fruit. Right. Yes. These what am I ones are always interesting, but here it is one more time for our listeners. I am a bird. I am a fruit. I am a person. What am I? Well, what other types of birds are there? Pigeons? That doesn't check any other boxes if we're gonna go through every type of bird <laughs> well that's my approach here parrot we got we got we got the autobahn society here uh, well okay here's the thing there are too many names of humans to go through sure so let's do fruits and see if i can find that's a, a good fruit. strategy yeah i feel like there's less fruit in the yeah. birds and people <laughs> banana's not a bird an apple's not a bird a peach is not a bird a pear is not a bird a plum is not a bird. <laughs> An orange is not really a bird. Um, I have a weird feeling this is going to be everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Matt <laughs> listing, listing fruits. <laughs> well, well, I imagine other people aren't looped in on the answer yet mm-hmm, either. So mm-hmm. they, they might go. be You're along helping. the same line of thoughts. Or You're, maybe they have a different approach, more yeah. than likely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know this is honestly how I would figure it out. Yeah, no, I think but you're on the I'm right track. The you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, kiwi, dragon fruit. I haven't hit a single fruit yet. I mean, stop me if I already said it, but I don't think I've hit one that is a bird. I don't want to stop you because because it would be too obvious. <laughs> based oh, on oh, oh. <laughs> oh. But I think you have. You you have mentioned an answer that could work. Apple. Nope. Pear. <laughs> a pear. Maybe you just birds. don't know of this bird or this mm. person. I will mm. say um, it's a uh, kind of a, a slang or like a like a colloquial version of a group of people is called 
this fruit and bird. Oh. So it's not a specific like name of a person. Oh, like a flock. Nah. No. Not like a flock. What were the last two fruits you said? Dragon fruit and orange. No, what was before dragon fruit? Kiwi. <laughs> I don't understand why that's the answer. I don't get it. I do not get it. So, I don't get it. you know kiwi's a fruit. Yeah. Do you know there's a bird called a kiwi? No. It's a no. tiny little bird. It's got like no feathers. It's got like this weird little head. Like if you just picture a ball and then like a neck coming off from the ball and like a long beak and like almost like little wings that don't, you know, go anywhere that doesn't do anything. It's like a small bird that could like fit in your hand. I so feel. if Mr. Bigglesworth, yes, an Austin Powers yeah. reference. <laughs> wow. What year is this? <laughs> if Mr. Bigglesworth was a bird, sort that's of. what a kiwi yeah. is. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And now, do you know what a kiwi as a person is? No. It's a slang term for a group of people from a certain country. I don't think we can even say that. No, we can't. It's fine. They refer to <laughs> themselves as that. It's, it's fine. We're, we're tiptoeing here. Uh, it's, uh, it's a southern hemisphere country. It's I'm right, not getting involved in this. Right off the side of a larger... S- country that's also a continent you know, i'm not con- walking into whatever unintentional trap you're setting i'm not doing it <laughs> it's not offensive i don't care it might not be now but 10 years from now it might be i don't know all right do you know where the lord of the rings movies were filmed no nope, i'm not getting involved it's for new zealand new zealand oh. yeah they, oh. they're kiwis that's what they're called and i, I think feel like i have heard that but yeah, i'm not getting involved yeah. <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> so a bird a fruit and a person it's a kiwi all right well i feel cool about learning i don't know why i said cool i feel good about learning the uh <laughs> that a bird that there's like a bird called kiwi that's cool i didn't know that so yeah. I, I gotta be up on my bird knowledge yeah you gotta be up on your bird knowledge and i believe it is indigenous to that region maybe in new zealand i could oh, have that wrong and maybe that that's why clever. they go by kiwis but here we go let's switch over to trivia matt picks up the question then he stares at it eric's at the ready time to use his wit pressure 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 trivia pressure trivia time. i'm gonna give you some unhealthy trivia Unhealthy trivia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it is fast food related. Okay. What fast food restaurant is credited with introducing the first modern day drive through window? Hmm. Okay. And I've got choices. Well, my initial instinct is McDonald's just because they kind of created so much of what we know of fast food now. I watched the, um, the documentary or the movie with Michael Keaton about Roy, 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 Ray Kroc? Ray Kroc. Um, yeah. Yes, Ray Kroc. It was called The Founder. Yeah. And Big then, fan. I really enjoyed it. It was disturbing watching it, but I enjoyed watching that. Yeah. And, you know, all the innovations of, like, the, the model behind the kitchen and making that streamlined. So it was kind of like an assembly line. And then also like you know adding the milkshakes in, so I'm I'm leaning towards McDonald's just because of the innovation. But I'm wondering if there's uh maybe another maybe another chain got to them first. So what are the options, Matt? Sonic is the first option. That's A. B is Wendy's. C is McDonald's. 
D is Burger King. Yeah, I had a feeling it's one of the big three, Burger King, McDonald's, or Wendy's. Sonic is a drive-up place. Um, so you go and you park your car, and you got uh, those ads with TJ Jagodowski and Peter Gross doing improv, like huge improvisers that are always in the car talking about Sonic. Um, which, by the way, I just found out that TJ and Dave, Dave Pasquese, are coming to New York, and I'm going to try and probably see their improv show at some point. But um, So I'm going to rule out Sonic. Because that's you pull up and it's like a car hop kind of situation, which was what McDonald's was originally too, according to that movie. Yeah, um, I think the movie was fairly in, in theory yeah. accurate, right? Overall, yeah. with a lot of those details, uh, some of it was a little different, I think. But anyway, all right, I. You know, but here's here's where I'm second guessing myself. I'm wondering because of the competition between Burger King and McDonald's, they're like, we're gonna add in our own drive through just to have a little bit of innovation to get ahead of the juggernaut that is McDonald's. So I'm going to go against my gut and switch to Burger King. That's my guess. That is incorrect. Uh, should I stay with my gut? That is also incorrect. Whoa. Was it Wendy's? It is indeed Wendy's credited with creating... <laughs> the first <laughs> modern-day drive-through window, an innovation which they introduced at the grand opening of their second store in November 1970. I did not know that. That's wow. like a while later. You know what? I'm going to, every time I go through a Wendy's drive-through, you'll be like, thank you for this convenience. You invented this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my guess car. was McDonald's. When yeah. I got it wrong, my guess was McDonald's. But remembering back to the the founder movie, that I don't remember the the, the drive through being like a prominent feature, if at all. I saw it a long time right. ago, but I don't think they had it back in the movie because it wasn't around back in the fifties and sixties. Yeah, I think so. is there are there other businesses that could use a drive through that don't have a drive through mat? Any <laughs> come to mind? It's like a good a question. Like, Probably, I mean, you right? got those drive up bank uh, ATMs at the bank. Those are how convenient. about like taxes? Oh, I don't know. I think people would be in line for a long time. Just takes too long. <laughs> we have like a weird like so like back in Rhode Island where I'm from, like we have Panda Express, but not as standalone stores with drive throughs. Like we're in mm-hmm. Vegas, like stores like that have drive throughs. Oh right, yeah, because of that quick access in and out, and they want to get you back to the casino. What mm-hmm. about Magic Matt? Can you have a little setup and people drive up? You do some magic for them and then drive away. That's a funny idea, but it's not for me. <laughs> some other magician listening to this could take that idea and run with it. A drive up. What do you think they could order from like a menu? <laughs> I think that's a pretty funny up? like isn't that isn't there a funny sketch idea in this? There could be, yeah. Right? So or someone drives up to the menu and TV there's like idea? Yeah. different things that they can choose from. Yeah, it's, it's just like, a skit really, it but says, it's a, it is funny, isn't it? It's a menu that's like, do you want to see a card trick, a coin right. trick, a rope trick? <laughs> right, right. Or maybe even specifics within mm-hmm. those categories. Yeah. And then you drive up and then you're just at the window and you're performing out the window for them. <laughs> then there's a value menu. <laughs> I'm not going to say who's performing on it, but it's just funny to think that there is one. No, I just, that that's just the, uh, the little tricks from the magic kits when you're first starting out. <laughs> right. <a> dollar. <laughs> Got a little yeah. ball, cheap looking ball and vase and you're just performing that. 
I think there's a funny skit in there, to be honest with you. There you go. Yeah. Go through the drive-thru, and then you, you get up to the window, you get a short performance, and you move on. <laughs> drive-thru Fa- magic. Fast magic. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like it, too. Yeah, that's really fun. Uh, Matt, I went and saw another show. What okay. are the odds? I back out there. I had some downtime. I saw a show. I loved the show. Uh, it's called Mr. Saturday Night. It's a new musical starring one Billy Crystal. Oh, I read his book. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. And I just, I mean, just being in the same building and the, the presence and the stardom of it is so good. But the story I think you're really fascinated with, if you come to New York, I definitely recommend the show. I think you will love it. It is about, I'm sure. um, it's kind of meta in a way because it's about a comedian toward a, sort of towards the you know end of his career uh you know in the in the 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 yesteryears of his heyday that's not a phrase but (laughs) he used to have his own tv show and like his own comedy hour and now he's kind of like trying to figure what he's doing while he's like aged out of relevance and uh the the bit is he kind of accidentally finds himself relevant again by an error at a award show And then he's trying to capitalize on it. But what's fun is we get to see flashbacks about him and his career and seeing him go through showbiz. But it just has this amazing, like, old school, like, almost that, like, you know, Maisel captures that old school showbiz era well um, with, uh, uh, you know, the comedy of that era. So we get Mm -hmm. to see him doing, like, shtick, and he's in the, you know, the Catskills and the Borscht Belt and all this great stuff and just... Man, you get to see Billy Crystal just he's doing stand up and he's making the audience laugh. It's really well written. The music is great. Uh, you get to see how his relationship as a performer affects his wife and his daughter and his brother, who's his manager. And uh, then there's like three other actors who kind of play every other role in the show, which is they're just like going from character to character. But the music is almost feels like that golden age of Broadway as well. And I say this is sort of like uh, this might not be a reference you get, but um, it's <laughs> sort of like his Birdman. It's like almost Billy Crystal's Birdman because he's kind of almost talking about his own career in a way. And right. the screens behind him, they constantly are showing great old photos of Billy Crystal and his prime back when he was starting out. And also like uh, even like clips of things that never made it to air. We get to see like this behind the thing uh, video of him and they're just attributing to this character that's called Buddy Young Jr. uh, that Mm -hmm. he plays. And it's just, I loved it. I loved the show. It sounds like it's right up my alley. I mean, yeah. I, I would, I would, I would absolutely love something like that. And because, I mean, I, I like, I like that format where you're, you know, you're following someone's sort of path and along for the ride with them and the lead person. You, like you said, it's a meta in a way, but you can so connect with him as mm-hmm. a person, as a character, and he's so talented at what he's doing. Um, he yeah, is, I just know that I would probably be moved to tears, huh? Uh, he is Mr. Showbiz, so it's like yeah. it makes sense that he is this character and he's talking about this life of showbiz. It's unbelievable, and he's so funny still. Like it's just 
the the presence of being there, you can see why he's such a star that he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, just... can someone like that not be funny if they tried? I mean, he's just been doing it for so many years, uh-huh, so uh-huh. experienced, and here he is telling a story, which is, like, kind of his story. But fictionalized, of course. But fictionalized, and, yeah. yeah. Like, but But at the same time, probably a pretty easy role for him because it connects with, you know... Did he yeah. write this whole thing? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if he wrote it or not. I didn't. I didn't have t- much time to usually even go through the program because yeah, we were that, just yeah, like yeah. we were just yeah. so in, involved in the show and just like watching it and then just like boom and. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did have the. I did flip through the playbill quickly and he had like almost a full page for his bio, <laughs> which is understandable, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I really recommend this show. I had so much fun. It's I like in tears laughing at one point. I don't normally do that at a broadway show you know right <laughs> like, right so it was oh, so good i recommend it so highly and like a part of it it takes place like in the friars club here in new york and they're just doing all like the they, they show all these classic hollywood comedians too with their headshots and they're just going through these legends and oh it's 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 these shows about showbiz that are like people in showbiz love and you see that a lot at like the oscars too where they're giving awards to show you know movies about the industry itself sure <laughs> so yeah i'm curious to see someone who's not in showbiz what their take is as well but I right just, I, I i don't know i think you can relate and have fun uh with it regardless so yeah what was the name of that hbo show that was all about her show in vegas and her oh, hacks hacks that was yeah. a great i'm again i I think I think I think it's something everyone can enjoy because because yeah. there's a lure there's an allure to show business that people mm-hmm. want the inside mm-hmm. scoop on, right? Right. And also see that it's not always you know the, you know as glitzy as it is, and you get to see some of Buddy Young's Junior's struggles throughout the year, and you know when he became unrelevant and then trying to get back to relevancy. And you know it what all- it reminds me of is it reminds me of like like magic props. Like you you get a peek behind the curtain and you go. At the top level of some of the best magic, and you go, oh, that's made with gaffer's tape and cardboard, (laughs) and like it might be durable as hell, like it might be perfect, but you just never guess that's how it's made. Or even like some of these Broadway sets, I mean, they're gorgeous, but if you go behind and see it from the upstage side, and it's just like plywood barely holding everything together i mean not barely holding it together for broadway level but you know you know but the the front looks different than the back yeah it's like a literal facade underground disney you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's the the other side yeah it's crazy what's also great about the show is you see that thing that we all go through i think as performers where you get the self-doubt and it's like i can't do it and it's like you it really captures like the i gotta be on stage to feel alive sometimes and then it's also like oh can i really do this legend i built up for myself and it's uh, i don't know it just really captures that whole psyche of what it is to be a performer Oh man, very it's so cool. Fun. And I saw that very last cool. Night, so it's still very fresh with me. <laughs> well, look, I, I appreciate the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're okay to wind down. You're good. Yeah, let's do it. Um, your goal last week. Let me see what you have here. Mm-hmm. Ah, clean is step one before I get to part two. I and get logistical it. work out of the way while home. Did you do any of this? I did the logistical work part. I got a lot of things that I needed to get done, booking flights, finishing up paperwork and contracts. That part I did. Cleaning, my place is an absolute mess right now. Okay. (laughs) Especially being on the road so much. It's just like, you know, 
get home, dump things on the table. I'll get to it later. So I guess right. this is this weekend. I actually am home, so I'm actually gonna tackle that. I'm gonna clean okay. Up. So you're gonna, gonna carry that over. I'm gonna carry cleaning over, but I also have um, three books that are on my stand. I want to read, and uh, I'm gonna knock two of those out today. I've decided. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Um. Mine was uh, formal seated mindfulness meditation. And I am happy to say I've done it every day since I last saw you. Wow. And we were on a long week. So, yeah, you, uh, you, I mean, I was guessing you accomplished it because you referenced it even in your early morning before your I did. show. Um, with the exception of today, but there's still plenty of time left. But normally I do it in the morning, um, mm. but I haven't hit it yet today. So, uh, yes. And what? That, you, so what's the goal for next week? Gosh, I kind of have a lot of different things that I could choose here on the plate. Um, hmm. I, you know what? I want to keep it simple. I want to continue with the daily practice. Daily It's an practice. important one to me because mm-hmm. everything stems from that, truly. Yep. Uh, you, and not just practicing the mindfulness, practicing actual magic stuff. Yes. Well, no, I meant the mindfulness. But oh, <laughs> yeah, daily practice of of the the mindfulness. Well, Honestly, I'm gonna add for you. That. I'm gonna add for you the magic as well. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm telling well, I'm, you, Matt. Even at your level, you need to practice. I'm I just do. saying. I'm throwing this out there. You know. <laughs> I know it's absolutely true. I it's, do need to practice, but um. Sounds like I'm being disparaging. No, you're not. I know you're not. Um, You you just are upset. You just like the play on words there with the practice. Practice. Um, But I am reading two magic books. So, you know, we can kind of count that as the second half if you want. Okay. Slash, slash, read those magic books. So we got both got some reading to do. Yep. Um, Man, do we have things to plug? Uh, I'm coming up out to Scoop Fest with our friends at um, ICS, Ice Cream Social. That we were both uh, on their podcast, uh, so you can come out if you're in Vegas. It's going to be a fun weekend. Of they have a lot of events planned, uh, and you can check that out at scoopfest.com if you're going to be in Vegas during the draft. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt's for your first look came out. We'll link to that second episode in the show notes. Uh, I finally we've been talking about this. We were waiting for this to come out, and I actually it I re-listened to it, and it's. And it sounds pretty good. I'm going to say, I, I was at the interview. Uh, the Successful Mentalist podcast uh, is, uh, I do a full interview with our friends over in the UK talking about the business side of show, uh, which we touch upon here, but we really dive into, you know, kind of uh, strategies of building up your business and what it is to be a working professional mentalist. Uh, and there was great to have, see some commonality across the pond of things that they were doing as well. Um, and don't confuse it with the Unsuccessful Mentalist podcast, which I say uh, would just be the same guests just three weeks later, which is why they're less successful than the Successful Mentalist podcast. There you go. It's just a joke. That doesn't exist, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the Successful Mentalist podcast. Hi, I so, got you. I follow. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you can always visit me at ericdillman.com. Uh, to book me for your shows and uh, my socials at E. Diddleman to see where I'm going to be performing next. And, of course, Matt, your plugs. MattFranco.com. Get your tickets uh, if you're coming to Vegas or you want to come to Vegas. Um, 
I see a lot of messages on social media. Hey, was planning on seeing you. Couldn't get in. Uh, just get them ahead. We're on sale through the fall. And wow. secure yourself some great seats. And we just, we're just we having a blast and can't wait to see you at a show, hopefully. So. You're turning people away. Turning people away. You're that popular. Not intentionally. I mean, <laughs> you know. That's great. <laughs> just don't bank on being able to do the last minute buy. That's all. <laughs> our venue is intimate. <laughs> yeah. And you know? uh, we want to hear from our listeners. We love that you're. Uh, you, we have this community building uh, that's happening here. We love seeing people messaging us on the socials. Uh, but we would love to hear if you have specific topics. Write us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. What's on your mind in magic and mentalism and showbiz in travel and performance? Do you have a riddle for us? Do you have a trivia for us? Let us know. Email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. And visit us at mindovermagicpodcast.com and our socials at mindmagicpod. Thank you for being here. We appreciate hey, it. Hey, next week, not next week, but the week after, maybe we'll be doing this thing in person. Is that true? Possibly. I'm There's not sure chance. if I can bring all my recording stuff because I'm going to be on quite the travel. Uh, gotcha. So space is limited, but we shall see. We will we'll definitely have to do something. Even Turning if it's, me away. Even Turning if it's just on away. our phones. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, <laughs> Sounds good, brother. There might be podcasting equipment at <laughs> this That's true. Event, so Maybe you we, can access some. <laughs> we, we shall see. We shall see. So. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Over. Over.